when you're up against a hostile room of people who don't want to be there, you need real strategies that get results. Welcome to From Hostage to Hero, the show that gives you practical advice you can use right now in the courtroom, boardroom, or classroom. Learn how to move your unwilling audience to one that is invested in what you're saying, eager to participate, and engaged in the process. Learn from the attorney whisperer herself, your host, Sari Delamont. Hey guys, Sari Delamont here. This is a recent Facebook Live that we've uploaded as a podcast. Enjoy. Hello, my peeps. Uh, I keep forgetting I have to look up there. So I'm glad to be with you this morning, finally, after a few, um, what, weeks, I guess, that I've been out uh, for April. It has just been insane uh, between my mom's, uh, well, my dad's knee surgery, and then he was getting uh, re hospitalized due to some complications. Of course that happened over what your studio weekend. Uh, and then my mom having her own health scare and then I having to go through a skin test that took seven days, no showering. Hey Dan, nice to see you here. Um, it's just been a crazy, crazy April and I have missed you guys and I've missed the group and so thanks for being patient with me and Christy's been posting some things in the group while I've been out. Um, hopefully you've been able to check out the podcast and our trial tips library on the website, so on and so forth. We always want to keep you engaged. So today, what I'd like to talk about is the concept that your opening is only as good as your voir dire. You know, I am known in the circles as being a voir dire expert, and um, I love having that definition uh, because I love voir dire. I just think voir dire is the most important part of trial. I think uh, those of you who don't have voir dire in your uh, jurisdictions are really limited, and I'm going to talk about why that is today. Not to make you feel bad, but hopefully it's not in so many jurisdictions. You know, federal court, those of you are in federal court, a lot also have limited voir dire. Of course, there are things you can do without voir dire, but it's so, it to me, is, is just absolutely fundamental. And, and saying that, I also realize that so many of you struggle with voir dire. So I am so excited to be a voice in this field that is helping you conquer voir dire once and for all by offering the water studios and going live and, and we're creating a course on the back end as well. So today, let me talk about why we, I really firmly believe that your opening is only as good as your voir dire. And the reason for that is a couple things. So the first thing is that Wadir and opening are two sides of conversation. Welcome, Belinda. Thanks for being here. Um, in that, in the Wadir, that's where you are asking questions, hopefully, if you're doing it correct. Lots of you think that's where you get to um, talk. And then in the opening, that's where you answer questions. In the Wadir, that's where you listen. Again, of course, if you are doing it correctly. And in opening, that's where you get to talk. And in Wadir, that's where you form the group. And in opening, that's where you get to lead the group. So let's talk a little bit about all of those in specifics, because I think 
not understanding that this these two sides of the conversation have to be there sends a lot of you down this trajectory where Wadir doesn't feel connected to opening. And I think you're really missing some great opportunities to connect them uh, by putting them, by, by really understanding the idea of this dialogue that they create. All right, so let's go back to the first one in that Wadir is where you get to ask questions and opening is where you get to answer them. I think this is really important in terms of the idea of getting juror buy-in. Because if you ask the right questions in Wadir, knowing that you will answer them in opening, what happens is kind of magical in that you are not actually answering it in opening. What you're doing is you are saying the things that the jurors said from their Wadir out loud, just organized in a better way. So meaning if you ask in, let's say you're an insurance case, let's say you, you ask in voir dire, you know, what is insurance for? How is it buy, how is buying insurance different than buying other things? Then in opening, when you, when after the jurors and you have had this great conversation, well, you know, it's for when bad things happen and it's different than buying other things because, you know, you may not have to use it and it's a, you're purchasing it a, as an in case kind of situation. Once you get up and stand up and you do your opening, you say, now to do your jobs in your case, you're, in this case, you're going to have to understand uh, how insurance works and what, what they're required to do by law in terms of their policyholders. Now, insurance is unlike anything else that we purchase. Now, when you do that, what you're kind of doing is this kind of, you know, wink over to the jurors as is, remember, we talked about this. This is what you guys said. And that's the opportunity I think that you are missing when you don't connect your voir dire to your opening, meaning you haven't ahead of time thought about the things that you're going to create or say in your opening and then gone back to your voir dire and said, how can I ask questions here that I know I'm going to talk about in opening? Now, you know, just yesterday, I was meeting with a trial attorney who's writing up a, a chapter on voir dire for the Oregon State Bar, and he's going to quote me in a bunch of this articles. And we were talking about this and he said, you know, I, I went to the seminar where this plaintiff attorney said to me, you know, I'm going to put a motion limine to request that the other side, the defense does not, or any of us, but of course, you know, the defense does not, is not allowed to talk about any issues in the case. I thought, why on earth would you fucking do that? I mean, it's just ridiculous to me. First of all, we can't talk about a lot of the issues in the case, as you know. But second of all, the only thing that jurors want to talk about, if they want to talk at all, is why they're there and what it is they have to do. That's it. They are, have no interest in you as a person. They have no interest in each other as people. The only thing that they're interested in is to get out of there, most of them. And if you cut off the one type of communication that is that what they're interested in is the issue in the case, then you've totally lost your mind. I mean, that's the whole point of voir dire in my mind is to talk about the issues in the case. Now, as you know, we can't talk about the actual evidence or the facts. So when I say talk about the issues in the case, I'm talking about the principles beneath the issues. The what is it really at stake here? When we're talking about, you know, our case, are we talking about responsibility? Are we talking about um, how we should you know, deal with things when someone's hurt? I mean, I'm talking about the principles beneath 
the issues in the case. That's what we really want to know about, right? I mean, that's what we're talking about. So to be able to limit that just, just seems so ass backwards to me because that's one thing that we want to talk about. That's the one thing that jurors want to talk about. That is why we are there. So if you ask the right questions in voir dire, then you can answer them in opening. And that creates this continuity, first of all, for jurors, but it also gets jurors invested in the process because the very things that you've talked about in voir dire are now going to be presented back to them, mirrored back to them as their thoughts, their feelings, the very things we discussed. And that's incredibly satisfying from a communication standpoint for jurors or anybody else. So that's what one of the reasons why you're opening is really determined about how good your voir dire is. Is it connected in terms of the content? Now, the second piece, the second part of that trial dialogue, that, that two sides of a conversation, is that in voir dire, your job is to listen and listen well. In opening, your job is to talk, right? Now, what do most of you do? You tend to talk on both sides. Right, So you're telling the jurors what it is that they're there to do and what bias is and why you blah, 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 all the stuff you guys do in voir dire. And you're not taking the opportunity to actually listen to jurors thoughtfully and, and intently to them and what they're saying and following up. You know, so much of follow-up, and this is the number one thing I hear as a voir dire expert from my, from my trial attorneys, is that the number one thing that scares them about voir dire is the follow-up. They say, I know what question to ask, and when I ask it, I'm fine until they start talking, and then I have no idea how to follow up. My friends, that's all in the listening. If you know how to listen, you come out to the voir dire studio. By the way, we only have two seats left for the rest of 2019. So if you want in, Christy's on with us today. She can put a, a note in the um, comments here about how to get into the September class. Two seats left for all of 2019. But a huge part of what we do in the Voidier Seminar is teach you how to listen. And I don't mean, you know, how to listen, like the reflective listening. I'm talking about how to listen to your intuition, how to listen to what's not being said, how to follow up on those types of things, because that's where every good magical thing happens in Voidier. But if you do this, you know, and when I'm thinking about listening too, I think about how often we tell the jurors, how important they are and how they decide the case and blah, blah, blah. We try to make them feel so important and they are important. I mean, they do decide the case, but the number one way that you can make anyone and in your, in any part of your life feel important is to truly deeply listen. I mean, this is why coaching works. This is why therapy works is because you give the gift of listening to that person and by doing that, you increase their status. If you've been following my work at all, you know that I talk a lot about the SCARF model, the status, certainty, autonomy, relatedness, fairness, and how those five factors are always in play in terms of either rewarding someone in terms of brain or threatening them in terms of brain attack. And so in jury selection, we are threatening jurors in all five of those areas. You know, we threaten their status by asking them questions and making them speak in public. We threaten their uh, certainty by not telling them what the case is about and, and what they're there to do and how they need to do it. We threaten their autonomy by forcing them to be there. We threaten their relatedness by not knowing anybody and not knowing us, the other side, 
each other, the judge. We threaten them in terms of fairness because they feel this whole thing feels unfair. So in terms of the status piece, the number one way that you can increase a juror's status is by really, truly listening to them. And so many of you think that you are doing this. And what I'm here to tell you is, non-verbally, many of you communicate that you're not. I can't tell you how many people have come through the Water Studio and they act as though they're listening. They think they might even be listening, but they're actually scanning the uh, the jury box and, and uh huh, and looking over here. And what they're non-verbally communicating to the jury is, I'm not listening to you. I'm thinking about what other people are thinking about what you're saying, or I'm thinking about how I'm going to follow up, or I'm thinking about this or that or this or that. So when you do a great job of listening and give that gift to jurors, that primes the pump for your opening. Because once you give them the gift of listening, they then return the favor. I mean, this is how it works in terms of relationships. You have to go first. As a trial attorney, we talk about how we want the jurors to be open with us and we want them to talk to us and, and, and all these kinds of things. We have to go first. We have to first be open with them. We have to first talk to them. We have to first show them the way. We have to say, I'm going to listen to everything you've got to give me. And therefore, they will return the favor and do the same for us when it comes time in terms of opening. So that's the second way in terms of how your voir dire really informs how successful your opening will be in that you have to start by giving them that that gift of listening so they give it to you in opening otherwise it just feels like you're taking hey daniel good to see you okay so let's continue third thing so let's just go back for people who are just joining us three things that really connect voir dire and opening voir dire is where you ask questions opening is where you answer them Wadir is where you listen and opening is where you speak or you talk. Now, the third thing and how you connect these two and why your opening really is so dependent on your Wadir is that Wadir is where you form the group and opening is where you lead them. As you've heard me say before, those of you who've been following me for a while, that in terms of group dynamics, which is also my specialty, there's a lot of talk about groups and how groups make decisions and how groups act and group this and group that. There is no such thing as a group until and unless they are formed. And guess who has to do the forming? You. It's not something that naturally occurs with when people just are together in the same space. And so you can't just think that these jurors, because they've been brought together, are suddenly a group. No, they're a gathering. Of individuals they are not a group until and unless you form them but when you form them in wadir and we have all of the nonverbal techniques that we can show you that and talk about that which we'll be doing in fact I talk a lot about the group formation if you go back to the from hostage to hero podcast which I'm sure Christy will also put in the um, show notes if you haven't already subscribed uh, five stars on iTunes we're getting good good stuff there um, so that group formation really assists you because now that you have a group, you can lead them starting an opening and throughout trial. See, here's the thing. Once you form a group, they need a leader. And that's when you can show up as a leader. It's not until you have the group, though, that a leader is needed or necessary. And so we talk, again, a lot about leadership in terms of trial, but we don't understand that leaders aren't needed until there's a group to lead. 
So voir is the one chance that you get to form the group because groups become formed non-verbally, meaning we form groups by getting them to look and talk to each other, do things together, and breathe together. It's the four nonverbal factors. Voir is really your only chance to do that, right? It's the only chance you get jurors talking to each other and looking at each other, doing things together, like having a conversation or raising their hand or whatever it may be, and of course, breathing together. You can continue the breathing part, of course, throughout trial. But that's the time where you really get the groups to form. And I tell you, our, our, our clients come through the, the studio and they cannot believe how quickly, using simple nonverbal techniques, you can form a group and how that group starts to be, function as this unit. Once that happens, then they're primed again in opening to hear what you have to say and to take your, your message forward, to take what you're asking them to do and actually do it. You know, yesterday when I was talking to the attorney who was interviewing me for the chapter on Wadir, he said, you're one of the only trial consultants, um, or really people, lawyers included, that talk about um, looking for your good jurors instead of your bad jurors. And he said, I think that's really unusual. And I said, you know, I don't think I am the only person. I mean, Jerry Spence is a big one on, you know, creating your tribe and not just going for the bad apples. But, you know, I was thinking about that, that analogy of bad apples. I'm doing the same thing everybody else is doing, right? I care just as much as you do about the jurors and the jury box that could kill our case. Don't, don't get me wrong. Don't read my stuff and think I'm just lollygagging around thinking, you know, all positive thoughts and, you know, we're just looking for the good jurors and the bad ones will take care of themselves. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm saying is that we're both going to the same destination. It's just I'm walking through a different door. I mean, let's go back to the Apple analogy. Let's say that. I gave you 30 minutes, we'll pretend this is Denver, Colorado, where they only have 20, 30 minutes for what here. And I put you in an apple orchard and I say, we need some apples to make a pie. Go, you've got 30 minutes. How much sense would it make for you to run through the orchard, turning and picking apples and looking for ones that have worms? That one's one word, that one words. It makes no sense. What you'll end up with is just a pile of wormy apples. We won't have anything to actually make our pie. now. If you go in and you're looking for the best, brightest, juiciest apples and you turn one over and it's got a worm in it, yeah, you throw that over and you keep, but you keep going for the good stuff. You still figure out which worms, or apples have worms, but now we've also got this pile of shiny, juicy apples we can use to make our pie. That's the point that I'm trying to make when we're talking about the idea of looking for your good juror is that you're going to end at the same destination, but in my method, you, you are setting the correct tone at trial, first of all. You are saying, I'm here to create a team and look for who wants to join me and help me right this wrong. But you're also doing the, the same thing, but you're also communicating to jurors that you're the real deal, that you're not just there to find out who's going to kill your case, that you actually are looking for people who want to help you. And that's, that just absolutely sets the tone. So let's review the three parts of this dialogue that you have to start in voir dire so that you have an essentially good opening, is that you wanna ask the right questions. So go back, here's how you do it. If you create your opening first, which many of you tend to do, in my method I normally go voir dire first, but let's say you do your opening first, quick method. Go through your opening and ask yourself, 
what questions would I have to ask so that we've already discussed these things before I even open my mouth and opening? Now, again, for those of you who came on late, we're not talking about evidence. We're talk not talking about facts. We're talking about issues. You know, what insurance is for, what it means to take responsibility, you know, whatever the issues are in your case, and, and more importantly, the principle under the issue, that's what we're looking for, not, you know, the types of things that you might get in trouble with with the judge. That's not what I'm talking about. So make sure you do that. Second part, do a good job listening in one ear, dropping in, being with the jurors, listening to your intuition, thinking about what is not being said, following up, giving them the gift of listening so that they do the same for you when, it goes, when you get to opening. And finally, take the time to form the group in voir dire by getting them to look and talk to each other. Again, in our, in our podcast from Hostage to Hero, I talk a little bit about that. Come out to the seminar if you want to learn in depth. And then so that you can lead them in opening. That is why, my friends, your opening is only as good as your voir dire. Because you've got to do those three things in order to be able to um, answer questions, talk to the jurors, and lead the group. Now, we have got a um, opening seminar coming up in July. There are a couple seats left in that one as well, although we do have another opening in, in November. So that's the one that has the most seats open. Wadir is the one we've already had two. We've got one left. So opening statement. If you want to learn my method for how to put an opening together, to how to convince the jurors without trying to persuade, I've got you covered. So get in on the opening statement studio. It's July something. Oh, she put it in here. Um, 18th through the 21st. So come on out for that studio and we'd love to have you. We only take six. It'll be super fun. Um, any questions from those of you watching today? This would be the time to ask. I'm happy to um, answer your questions. I'm glad to see so many of you here this morning. Uh, it's been great to be back again. For those of you who are joining us late, I've had a crazy April with both parents in and out of the hospital, myself having some issues where I do the skin test. It's just been insane. Um, but good to be back with you. All right, opening coming up in July, Wadir in uh, September, and another opening in November. This is the time to get in, people. Um, if you got a case coming up, or even if you don't, I mean, I was talking to Jesse Wilson of Tell the Winning Story. I love Jesse. Jesse and I are going to be doing some stuff together. Those of you who don't know Jesse, check out tellthewinningstory.com. Um, and we've been talking about how so many of you wait until you're in trial or have a trial coming up to actually prep. Listen you are preparing for trial all the time, all the time. This is a full-time job, whether you're going to trial on the calendar or not. You cannot put this off. These skills, you, you need to be working on them now so that when trial does come up, you are ready. It's a constant, constant thing that we're doing. All right, comments, looking to see. Uh, oh, the free webinar. Thanks, um, Christy, for reminding me. I'll be doing a free webinar on Wednesday, the 22nd. So that'll be over Zoom instead of Facebook Live, and it'll have slides, and it'll be all fancy. Um, so check that in your email next week to make sure you register. And please share that if you wouldn't mind, and share this group. Uh, you can't share the videos and things because it's a private group, but invite people to join. I want to get 500 peeps in here um, by 4th of July. So help me with that. Help me with that. Let's get that going. All right, y'all. I've been missing you. We've got a new uh, podcast coming out next week as well. We're been back into the swing of things. Um, let's go get them. Let's, let's right these wrongs. Let's, let's band together, and let's just do this. 
All right, guys, talk soon. That's it for this episode of From Hostage to Hero. But head to our website, sorrydlm.com, for other must-have resources from Sorry Delamart. Read the transcript of this podcast, watch trial tip videos, or download your free copy of Sorry's article, Why Jurors Hate the Hobby Question. We're glad you joined us today, and until next time, remember that to lead a hostage to freedom, you must first free yourself.